0: to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of currently streaming horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews may include mild spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. Not to begin on a negative note, but I recently reviewed The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and was not a fan of the film's blending of horror and humor. For my money, it leaned far too much into its new humorous tone, almost completely abandoning its horror roots. This is not a problem exclusively to Toby Hooper's sequel, rather a majority of horror comedies that can very easily come off as feeling slapsticky, something that Motel Hell mostly avoided in its comfortable balance of satire and horror. Currently streaming on the Roku channel, Motel Hell is directed by Kevin Connor and written by Robert and Stephen Charles Jaffe, following a seemingly friendly farmer Vincent and his sister Ida who run a motel by day and kidnap unsuspecting travelers by night. Though their depravity doesn't stop there, as they bury their victims alive, only to prepare and season them as they are the secret ingredient in Farmer Vincent's specialty award-winning meats. You couldn't be blamed for making a knee-jerk comparison between Motel Hell and Toby Hooper's Texas Slasher Classic, but that only holds water on a surface-level examination. Sure, there's cannibalism, and even a chainsaw-wielding baddie, but Motel Hell's construction is built from the ground up as a self-aware satire that doesn't completely abandon its disturbing premise. The film begins with Farmer Vincent hunting along the road when he witnesses a freak motorcycle accident. Instead of calling the authorities, he throws the motorcycle and bodies into his pickup truck and returns to his motel. Vincent proceeds to nurse the young woman involved in the crash, Terry, played by Nina Axelrod, back to health during the day, but returns to his extracurricular activities at night. That activity being him tending to his crops, or victims as they were. What is initially pretty hilarious, seeing rows of victims buried to their necks in dirt with bags on their heads, turns disturbing once we realize the length that Vincent and Ida go to keeping their crops from crying out for help. As they remove the bags from their crops to feed them, ensuring that their meat is seasoned properly, we see that Vincent and Ida have slashed their victims' vocal cords to ensure they can't attract the attention of nosy passerbyers. Not only a gruesome display of practical effects, but a side effect is that their victims splutter and gurgle in an attempt to cry out for help. Reinforcing the brazenly grotesque mutilation of them is Ida standing over them, teasing them to try to speak, and that they'll get the hang of it eventually, which the audience knows of course they never will. The sweetly sinister demeanor of the cannibalistic duo is both hilarious but also incredibly unsettling given the lengths Kevin Connor goes in giving the audience a front and center look at their farming practices. given a front row seat to the brother and sister performing their planting of the crops, as it were, as Vincent kidnaps a traveling rock band after causing their bus to crash by placing bear traps on a nearby road. After planting and slicing their vocal cords, they season them accordingly throughout the film, only to return to harvest them later. Harvesting involves placing a strobe light device in front of their crops' faces, causing them to be put into a trance of sorts, while Farmer Vincent and Ida create this narrative for their tranced victims that they are boarding a rocket ship bound for space. Completely insane and quite goofy, but balanced out with the sinister act of wrapping nooses around their necks and the act of the quote-unquote ship blasting off as Ida driving the tractor until their victims' necks are broken. It's a surprisingly strong example of balancing absurd humor with an equally absurd but demented act of violence. This self-aware sensibility is apparent given that we know the punchline of Vincent, played by Rory Calhoun, and his sister Ida, played by Nancy Parson, being cannibals from the outset. There's no thinly veiled shroud of mystery extensively cast over the viewer that they haven't already seen through in the first five minutes. Motel Hell is up front in the type of laughably despicable movie it is, and honestly, it's better off for it. This is largely thanks to a terrific performance from Rory Calhoun and Nancy Parsons. Their overt weirdness is often covered up by their country charm that is a mixture of nurturing and good lord gospel spreading demeanor. They're both able to flip their facade switch to match whatever situation arises at a moment's notice. Whether Farmer Vincent is hunting for victims or greeting an unexpected visit from an overly suspicious health inspector, he can charm you into a false sense of security, of which you'll only realize once it's far too late. As for Ida, her overbearing weirdness distracts from her deadliness as the enforcer of the motel. She isn't about to let anyone threaten her brother and hers' livelihood, and she will go to great lengths to stop anyone who attempts to do so. Given how outlandish of a concept the film is based around, I was surprised by how strong both antagonists' performances were, as without them, the film would be far less memorable, especially considering how weak the rest of the cast really is. There's an entire subplot where the attractive and young Terry falls in love with the elderly farmer Vincent, and I mean, I know they say love is blind, but when you pair that with him being a cannibal, it's not the best look for Terry. Further adding an uncomfortable element to the love interest is Vincent's dim-witted sheriff brother Bruce, who also falls in love with Terry and tries to force himself on her even at one point. It's a sleazy, overtly 80s scene that is brief and is presented as a gag, but obviously it's not funny and it's really, really gross. This subplot takes a considerable portion of the film's back half, and I was always glad when it cut away to Vincent and Ida tending to their crops. As a result of this, there's also some very cringy and awkward dialogue that I won't spend time nitpicking. Without this upfront silliness, we wouldn't get memorable lines such as when Vincent recalls his mother serving him dog as a child saying, Meat's meat and a man's gotta eat. Or, after killing his latest victim, Vincent proclaims, It takes all sorts of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. There's also one particular gag where a couple of swingers come to stay at the motel. When Ida and Vincent show up to their room with rope, the couple misinterpret it as them joining in on the evening's extracurricular activities. As Vincent ties up the woman, she playfully asks, Is this dog style? To which Vincent replies, No ma'am, hog, as they gas the couple and then add them to their garden. While there are several quality humor and horror-laced lines such as these, they come at the expense of enduring some really quite bad ones, making its dialogue largely a toss-up. I can overlook all of this awkward and silliness largely because of Motel Hell's rip-roaring ending, in which a chainsaw duel ensues between a pighead-wearing Farmer Vincent and Bruce. This scene is well shot with choreography that's leaps and bounds more technical than you would expect to find in a B-movie such as this, to the degree that it even make Leatherface proud. This is not only the most effects-driven moment of the film, but the scene that preceded it involved all of their crops escaping and preying upon Ida in a very Night of the Living Dead-esque manner. The Chainsaw Duel ends with Vincent revealing he's ashamed of having used preservatives in his meat, only to croak from being gruesomely impaled with the saw. It's a comedic and bloody high note that really encapsulates just how well this film succeeds in balancing its two genre influences. Motel Hell is an easy recommendation for fans of 80s horror comedies, such as The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, Night of the Creeps, The Stuff, and more. Just expect a decent amount of disturbing moments mixed into your comedy. But before I go, here's some half-assed research. Apparently Harry Dean Stanton was originally approached to play Farmer Vincent, but declined, and as much as I love Harry Dean Stanton, I can't imagine his kind of dry sense of humor playing off as well as Rory Calhoun's does. Harry Dean Stanton is just known for giving more subdued performances that are super effective and impactful. It's just in terms of how charismatic former Vincent has to be to carry on this guy's in the community that he isn't a cannibal. I don't know if Harry Dean Stanton would have been the best pick. The film was shot in five weeks, which I think is pretty telling in terms of kind of its narrative and a lot of the general goofiness in terms of the lines and whatnot. But In terms of the action and the horror moments, pretty surprising given how technical some of the scenes can be. The most technical, of course, being that climactic chainsaw duel, which took apparently five 12-hour shoot days, which is insane. But when you go back and you watch it and you start to pick out just how choreographed it is and how it's leaps and bounds more technical than, I would say... Definitely anything that was in something like the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but even some moments in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, pretty comparable. And it shows in that the amount of time they had to dedicate to that particular scene. But that'll do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit. I'll see you guys tomorrow for another Daily Horror Movie Review. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service and follow at Daily Horror Habit on Instagram and at Daily Horror Pod on Twitter.